Shields up, Ironbreakers, and welcome to the first episode of the Third Fleet Podcast. As Monsanto World Iceborne has received what is kind of like essentially uh, its maintenance mode update, I was thinking uh, this last week, like, I, I really just want to talk more about Monster Hunter. So I figured that I would uh, contact someone that I know, and probably most of you know, probably you guys know him way before than you've known me, and that is the man, the myth, the legend, Gaijin Hunter. How are you doing, sir? Hello. Good evening. Good morning here, but yeah, the wonder of time zones, right? <laughs> we are on very different time zones. Uh, and uh, we were talking um, just the other day, we, like I, I, call, I called you up uh, and we were talking uh, about just like a bunch of stuff and how we wanted to talk more about Monster Hunter and about a lot of topics around Monster Hunter. But not just that, right? I also want to talk about how you've recent, not recently, but a couple of months ago, you forayed into Dragon's Dogma, which is another one of my big passion <laughs> games. And more recently, you've been uh, joining the, um, the the Souls clan as well. You've been like taking a couple of forays into Dark Souls. Like this is all very interesting for me. But um, before we even begin, I, I just want to tell you that the content that you've made in the past is one of the things that has helped me get into Monster Hunter. So it's it's like it's kind of like almost a fanboy moment being in a in a podcast with you in a way. So uh, no pressure or anything. No, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of yours. So it's it's actually the same thing. If I ever get to talk to somebody who I watch, it's it's always a cool thing. And it's just crazy when I hear that someone saw a video of mine and decided to make a video because it feels like almost like a like a community passing of the torch because like i remember back in the day listening to shepherd uh during the third generation so third fleet and then i got inspired to do videos <laughs> and then i've made videos and other people are now making videos i think it's great it, i i think the the moss hunter is one of the, those communities that does have that where like at least i don't feel like there's that uh feeling of competition among the creators it's always like yeah. oh man he's made a video about this i'm gonna have to get on that as well and like make a video of my own see what i can do and whatnot i and it's just like the, the weapon guides that you've done in the past, like were instrumental in me actually learning how to play like uh, 3U and um, 4U and whatnot. Cause you know, th th there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like hidden that the game doesn't really do a, a perfect job of explaining, which is one, one of the things yeah. that I feel really brings the community together. Everybody just like creating content around the things that the game maybe doesn't explain as well. And uh, it is at the end of the day we're still just trying to. Just trying to be the best hunters we can be, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, so I, f I figured that we'd start off uh, with talking about a, uh, a more current topic, so to speak. And uh, the thing that I want to talk about for starters is the Moss Hunter movie. What, what, did, what, are, you, what are your thoughts on the Moss <laughs> Hunter movie? So like, I, I guess I've talked about this a few times in vid videos, but I'm in, like, I guess, the rear crowd where I don't think the story is going to be good. I mean, I don't like the premise of it, but... The CG looks awesome so far. Uh, Tony Jaa is awesome. So if I get a B-rated flick, if I get some cool-looking monsters and I get some cool Tony Jaa jumping around, I'm going to have a good time. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing it. Again, I have my expectations in check. I'm not thinking it's going to be a fantastic movie or anything. But as a diehard fan, there's going to be some stuff to enjoy. And uh, it just annoys me that we're getting it so late here in Japan. It's going to be on Blu-ray before we even have it in Japan. But it, like, we're not getting until March 26. And it's so, already airing in certain countries. So it comes out at around the same time as Monster Hunter Rise? <laughs> the exact same day. So I think their idea is, 
okay, people will watch a movie and play a completely unrelated Monster Hunter game, and it'll be a day of Monster Hunter. <laughs> it is, it is kind, of, it is kind of weird, but uh, I, I do have to say, I feel like I'm in about the the same field as you when it comes to to the movie, because I've seen a lot of people say, "Oh my God, it's going to be bad because Mila Jovovich and Resident Evil movies and all of this <laughs> other stuff." And I'm just like, look, I'm just looking for a film where I can grab a couple of popcorn and, you know, just enjoy exactly. a popcorn flick and just see cool monster visuals and, uh, you know, see how the combat's going to do. And meanwhile, people are like, oh, but she's using fire dual blades against Rathalos. I'm like, yeah, it's, <laughs> you know, it's a movie. It's not going to make yeah. that I mean, much I'm sense. Also, yeah, I'm also a firm believer of don't knock it till you try it. So it's like. I get it. Like the people are wary about it and I think they've got some reasons, but it's like, you can't really say it's bad or wrong until you see it. Right. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I guess we kind of both land on, on the same point on that one for sure. I mean, you know, some people are like, you know, well, it shouldn't be a B rated flick. It should be a, it deserves the, the quadruple a quality. I'm like, you can say that about everything in this world. <laughs> it's, we're never going to get like I mean, unless Capcom, the development team, wants to make a movie themselves, which I think would be crazy awesome. See, now like, that... Like, you're just not going to get it. Yeah, because it's like... Like, I, Legends of the Guild. Are you aware of the Legends of the Guild and what that was? No. Tell me more. So they actually, they announced a second, a different Monster Hunter, like, movie, like, series called Legends of the Guild. It was going to be animated in the same way they do the cutscenes, like the CG animation for the cutscenes of the game. They were going to use that same method to do a series focusing on what they presumed to be. They didn't actually go into details, but it appeared to be the ace commander, which was the the leader of the ace cadet, the excitable A-lister. Yeah, yeah. And it was a, a full, like, very heavy lore-based story. And they had, like, a, a teaser picture of the ace commander going up against a Nursilla, and it was going to be awesome. And the thing is, like, that was supposed to come out, like, a year and a half ago. And it just went totally quiet. My guess is that they have an agreement with Anderson where if they're doing two visual contents for Monster Hunter, that his gets to come out first. And I think delays in the movie probably put delays in Legends of the Guild. Yeah, of course. I'm hoping they didn't kill it, but we don't know. But Dude, it, that's, that, that sounds that so much me. more interesting because you actually... <laughs> Like, because I was actually talking about this with um, with with some of my audience about how you know Monster Hunter has this rich world in terms of lore and stuff that uh, the the premise of the the movie itself being an isekai was like the first big turnoff, right? I I didn't even know the meaning of the word isekai before I was watching this because, <laughs> because I was watching. I didn't. The I didn't know it either because I don't I don't watch much anime. So like when I heard, it, I was like, "That's a term." Like people use that. <laughs> so see how was like I, I know I know the word, know. but it's like I didn't know that was a genre of story. Yeah, like I I had no idea. So I was watching the movie and I was like, oh, it's gonna be a portal. They're gonna go into the Monsanto world from our world. <laughs> and people are like, yeah, it's an isekai. And I'm like, what the hell's an isekai? I have no idea. <laughs> but um, it's, yeah. it, just, it 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 does tickle my funny bone though that people know the word isekai and they could say it right, but yet everyone says karaoke and not karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> oh it's man like, I, okay well i've had so many there. things i've had so many things where i try to pronounce things like the right way like i'll hear the uh <laughs> i'll hear the the way that they say monster names in the trailers and whatnot and i'll try to say it uh, the same way. Or, or, 
or, or for instance, the way that you said uh, in your videos, you said Odogron, right? That's how I oh, pronounce God, it. Oh, God, yeah. I, everyone hates the way I, and, I can't and, say and, it in English. And I'm like, well, I mean, Gaijin, you know, he speaks Japanese. He knows this kind of stuff. So I was just like, I'm just going to call it Odogron as well. And everybody's just like, it's Odogron, dude. It's Odogron. <laughs> I was like, hey. That's the problem. It's, it's, the, it's the hard R. I have a really hard time. There's like a mental block that makes it really hard for me to use a hard R in the middle of a word like that. It just feels like I'm bowling with my opposite hand, so to say. Yeah, but uh, it, it is interesting that there's all these things about pronunciation. <laughs> but yeah, Legends of the Guild, I mean, if, if it's still on, which I think it is, like that's going to be the fans. That's what that's what we actually yeah happy. that's what we actually would so, want for sure if we have to get through hollywood and some cool cg to get to that then i'm okay like more monster hunter the better right i was um I, I was watching the one one of their trailers i think it was the international trailer or something and you know how there's um like a super elemental discharge in the scene yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's a super <laughs> elemental discharge and i was just like criticizing it and going like i mean clearly the, this hunter was not very experienced he didn't hit with the actual hit which would have done the most <laughs> damage he only hit the very last part of the the <laughs> elemental discharge hey I, I didn't see damage numbers they turned it off and and but you know what the worst part is you know what weapon they're using when he does that it's a switch x <laughs> So that was also pretty fun. Oh man! But yeah, um, I mean, I guess at the end of did the day, did you see the did you see the Japanese trailer? Because like there's there's like the American like super like Hollywood trailers. There's the international ones which are better generally, and then there's one Japanese official trailer which is actually really well done. I I, I saw it's, like four or five. It's got proof of the hero playing right in the background. And yeah, I, I saw so that one. Really... I, I saw that one. That that one felt a lot better, specifically because of proof of a hero. Because everyone can relate to proof of a hero. Anyone that's uh, played Monster Hunter, I feel like. But, but you know, like, and like, I'm not getting into spoiler territory because I don't actually know the film. But I've heard a few things, and I think it's important to keep in mind that marketing and the actual film can be very different in tone. Like whoever's doing cutting those trailers is probably applying music that may not even be in the movie, as far as we know. Yeah, they, so, they do tend to do that a, a lot of times. Like I heard rumors that it starts out not as like a weird military action flick, but almost like a horror movie. I, I heard rumors about that, saying that the whole being hunted by Diablos is almost like a horror flick, and it was really cool. I'm like, well, that sounds interesting. I, I mean, was like, it, well, I have no idea, because the trailers all feel so different at this point that who knows what it is. Every, every time that I, that I, not every time, but the first couple of times that I hunted a Diablos, it was always a horror film to begin with. So, <laughs> like, that's actually one of the, one of the hunts where I will pull out, just straight up pull out a lance. Like I made the, some of the first lance bills that I made were intended to basically go and kill Diablos now, in the easiest Now you, you mean lance as God intended, right? Like not gun lance, but lance, right? Yes, I, I am talking about <laughs> I was going to say. I know you play Gunlance, and I thought it would be really funny trying to fight a Diablos with a Gunlance. You're just sitting there waiting for it. Uh, yeah, you, you can't you, move around with a Gunlance too much. You you do end up waiting a lot, but there are ways. Like I have, like basically when um when I when I decided like Gunlance was going to be my main weapon, I was like I have to beat every single monster with a Gunlance. Mm. And okay, so there's some monsters where I didn't do that, like Arch Tempered uh, Zenojiva, because that was annoying as hell. So I just went the <laughs> the easy route with the insect glaive, but uh, most other mm. monsters I, I've I've killed with uh, with the gun lance. Um, even nice. Safi, like I I went against Safi and I made like I think 
I actually made the three different shelling types. I've made builds to kill Safi with the three different shelling types and all of them worked and it was great. And we would always get like all of the part breaks and all of that stuff because uh, yeah, I, I do dig the gun lance, but, but here's the interesting thing. Right, there's always that rivalry. Like we we were even referring it, referencing it the, the first time we talked. There's always that rivalry between the lance and the gun lance. It's a sibling I, beef. Yeah, <laughs> I don't really I don't really see it. Like uh, to me, because I like both. To me, uh, I actually like pretty much every weapon that has a shield. I'm into it because I love shields. Right, shields up, iron breakers, yeah. and all that. It's because I really like shields. So I like the lance just like I like the gun lance. Well, I like the gun lance more, obviously, because it has explosions. So, you know, <laughs> at the end of the day, it is the fun lance. So the fun lance. Yeah. But then like, I mean, I it's, it's interesting. Like, I think it's not rivalry. Like, you know, like this is better. This is better. I think it's yeah. almost like siblings where you've got like the, the older brothers, like the lance and like the, the cooler younger brother is the gun lance and you know it's like you know making old, fun of each other and it's just they look so lance. similar but they play so differently yeah they do you know that's always the fun thing because like uh for instance when i made the the slap lance whenever i play slap lance people just ask me why don't you just play lance and i'm just like you've never played lance <laughs> did you you have no idea what you're talking about because it's you know, I, so different I I got to come up with some really fun messages to antagonize gun lance players when I'm lancing. Like, hey, do you even have mobility, bro? And like, <laughs> can you move? <laughs> Hang on, I'll chase the monster. You just stand there and wait. <laughs> it was it was it was funny the the first couple of times that I played lance, and then like um, I I go and I try to watch, for instance, G Rank Rupeku's stream. I don't know if you know who he is, but yeah, he's, yeah, a, yeah. he's a really good lance player, right? And so I'm watching yeah, I him, and, him. And, and I and, and I'm just like, dude, I. I have no idea what you're doing with this weapon. Like I'm seeing him do the charge through and then immediately do the sweeping motion to turn around back yeah, and yeah. just flow from that into the poke combos. And I'm just like, dude. Oh, it's a total vibe weapon, yeah. This is like, but this I is gotta like say, another like, level. It's, it's, it's off subject from the movie, but I got to say, your videos got me to try Gunlance recently. Because I saw you t showing off and talking about the Fatalis Lance. Oh, my uh, gun lance. Like, And you, I looked at it and I said... I said, wait a second, they added that many new moves? It looks totally different. And so I made it and I tried it and I was like, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. The, the, and I really enjoyed it. The slap lance is uh, a lot of fun. I mean, the, here's the thing, right? The gun lance in general in world is a ton of fun. And the, the, yeah. it's, it's really cool because each shelling type essentially is its own play style. So you got the wide, which is poke, shell, poke. You got uh, charge, yeah. which I actually played a lot of long shelling because long shelling is so cool because you can just, you put like your artillery points and your magazine points and everything else is whatever you want. It's just, it's <laughs> artillery, magazine, and whatever else you want. So you get so whatever much quality want. of life. Uh, the, the biggest problem with the gun lance, and you, you didn't experience if you go straight for the slap lance, but uh, the biggest problem with the gun lance is the worm stake blast. Because in order for you to do shelling properly, all of the the weapon balancing is done, assuming you're that you're able to hit. Right? Yeah, you, you have to stick the thing and you have to land all of the shots in the worm stick blast. And that's possible up to a certain point, but when you start getting to some of the more agile monsters. Yeah, it gets really tough. It's just like, yeah, you see people doing it like... Uh, chaos slayer like i've seen a lot of stuff from him yeah. where he would go and he would do uh Alatreon with pure shelling and so basically oh, wow. he would die twice and then still finish the hunt like half an hour in or something and i'm just like you're crazy i would never do that 
But uh, yeah, yeah the, I'm curious what they do with it the next game because they they change gun lands like every other game, right? Yeah, they had like the weird the heat gauge system. You had just the basic gun lands, and you have the worm stake. Like, I wonder what they're gonna do for Rise. Yeah, like I'm I'm, I'm I almost kind of want to go sword and shield, which is like the the second weapon that I um that I tend to focus on besides the gun lands. Because I'm just scared that they do something like the worm stake again, which is like it's viable uh, for the early monsters, and then later on you just start feeling the weakness of it. Like yeah. if you put, say, a, a stake in a monster that is just like moving all over the place, like say a berry off, you're not going to get any benefit. By the time you get to actually hit him, the stake <laughs> is over. So you're just like, you're just sitting there. Well, I guess I'm going to go find some more ammunition to put another stake in. Here we go. Oh, man. So here's but, a weird question, bringing it back to the movie. When does the movie um come out where you're at uh i think it actually already came out i just haven't really had the the time to go see it because i want to see if i can uh arrange something with a couple of friends that also play monster hunter so we can all go nice. see it together but uh, i think it's actually already out here at least I, I i remember that i saw in the news that it was out on the fourth or on the third or something like that so i'm pretty sure the movie's already out here i just haven't gotten around to going to see it yeah and i haven't seen much chatter online so i don't know Maybe it's only, I mean, I, I get it. People don't want to go out to a movie theater and I don't blame them. It's yeah. Right. Right now. Everything. I'm, I'm, I'm also kind of a, a little bit, you know, on, on the, on the fence. Like, are they actually going to have uh, safety norms on the theater? Are, are they going to yeah, be seeing yeah. people like one seat apart or are they just going to fill up the theater and not give a damn? Right. And it's like, Oh yeah, that would worry me. <laughs> so yeah, I'm also concerned about that. Um, but uh, yeah, that's uh Man, gun lance and lance and what what other what other weapons do you really enjoy playing in Monster Hunter? Like what what have you been playing in World? So I mean it's it's hard to say. I think I have a I play all the weapons generally except gun lance. It's like the one I don't touch usually. <laughs> I, I I know that sounds bad. Um heavy bow gun I never touched outside of generations because that was just crazy how good it was there with Valor. But I mean I generally have like my main weapons are usually Insect Glaive, Hunting Horn, um, Lance, and perhaps Light Bowgun. Um, but Light Bowgun in World, I didn't really discover until Fatalis. Or Alatreon, sorry. Huh? Alatreon? Yeah, Al yeah. Yeah, so it I, was I'm pretty like sure the... that's when you started using it, because that's when they made uh, the Alatreon Bowgun. And yeah, that, that was one... so good. That one was like one of the best, if not the best, elemental uh, bowgun. I, I don't do yeah. a lot of bowgun stuff, but uh, the first time that I used it was actually for Cold Taroth because I would just like be lazy hunting it, right? Because I'd be setting That's up. That's the thing. Like I like to lazy hunt. Yeah. So like I like I would use rapid shot. So yeah. I did that back in Four Ultimate where I did I was a rapid level two user for light bowgun. So now I'm elemental rapid and it feels really nice. Yeah, El El Elemental Rapid does feel uh, like a lot of fun, but ultimately there's, the thing about me and bow guns is that there's just so much to the weapon. Like, oh, you have you have to craft mm. this thing and craft that of, like the- the it's high maintenance, yeah. One, one of my friends that actually got me into Monster Hunter was basically a bow gun main. Um, like I played um, Freedom Unite with him. That was actually the game that got me hooked, was Freedom Unite. Wow. Um, so I played Freedom Unite with him and he would always be like doing clusters and whatnot. And I'd be trying to do things <laughs> with the gun lens and I had no idea. Basically my favorite thing is like, oh, I just want to wire and fire and go up to the monster. Yeah, this is great. 
And then he trolled I don't know me with, if, the, like, with the Gipsros. I feel like Gipsros is a rite of passage whenever you bring a, a friend mm. into Moss Hunter, right? You wait until he goes it's to dead. sleep. Let's carve it. Yeah, let's go carve it. And then your friend goes in there oh. and then he gets carded. Oh, I guess he wasn't quite dead yet. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> it's like everyone all the everyone knows to check the quest screen to see whether or not it's completed or not. And you're like, nope. <laughs> He's making it. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah. I, man, I remember back, like maybe not so much in World, but like in the older games, when you went online and somebody in the room, random, was either Hunting Horn or Light Bowgun, there was like this little fist pump that you did. You're like, yes. I'm <laughs> going to win. Because, <laughs> because everything that they do directly affects you as well and helps you out. So it's like, it's really exciting, at least for me, when you join a room and you've got someone like that. Now, you know, hunting horn users who like to run in the corner and play songs. I know I've heard they exist. I've never run into they, any of them. They do exist, <laughs> but but it's like I remember getting really excited. And I was like, I want to be that person. So I decided to learn. Like hunting horn, fell in love with it. Dude, I, and, I think uh, hunting the rest horn, is history. Hunting horn is an incredibly fun weapon. I've only ever played hunting horn in in world because before world, like my experience with monster hunter was was very limited. Like um, some some people might even be wondering because we haven't even talked about this. The reason why this is called the Third Fleet Podcast, and I was actually surprised when you told me. But the reason we called this the the Third Fleet Podcast because we're both third fleeters. So there's the whole uh, thing about how. Uh, Theoretically speaking, the, the each fleet in Moss Hunter World represents one generation of Monster Hunter. So Moss Hunter 1, Moss Hunter 2, and both me and Gaijin, like I, I started with Moss Hunter Tri, and Gaijin started with 3 Ultimate, right? That's what you told me? Uh, yeah, 3G in Japan, so yeah. you so, are my senpai. So, so t technically <laughs> speaking, we're both third fleeters, but, but here's the reason why I told you at the time that that didn't matter, because when I first played Moss Hunter Tri, I hated it. You know the same story for me, right? Uh, I don't know if you I know, know, I didn't that. know that. You didn't like I it was, I was literally two hours away of selling my copy of Monster Hunter 3G <laughs> and just not and not touching it. So oh I hated God. the game. After 10 hours, I hated it. And I really wanted to like it. And I ended up going out to lunch with a coworker who used to be into Monster Hunter big time. And I was like, you know, I tried it. I don't like it. And so he gave me like the speech. And he's like, okay, you tell me what the game is. And I told him, he's like, okay, you're playing it like an action game. That's not, that's not what it is. And he tried to give me some mental like explanation about how the game actually works. So I said, fine, you know what? I won't sell it after lunch. I'll go, I'll give it one more shot. And then it started clicking a little bit yeah. and then it started clicking. And then the rest is history. Like it clicked hard that weekend and then I never looked back, but I was literally half a day away from selling the my Jesus copy. Christ. It, it's, it's so interesting how similar it is. Cause, cause here's the, the deal for me. Right. So I remember I, I had this friend of mine who kept telling me about how he used to play monster hunter in his uh, PlayStation portable. And he kept telling me about it and he was like, Oh man, this game is so good. You got to play it one of these days. And at the time, all I had was a PC, but eventually I bought a, a Wii because the Wii was such a mm. big phenomenon. Right. And I remember that <clears throat> When Monster Hunter Tri came out, uh, I remember asking my friend, so is, should I buy this? Is this a game that I'm going to get into? And he's like, definitely, dude, get it. Is it? Like, I bought the collector's <laughs> edition, which had like a little treasure chest, and it had like a, 
uh, a microphone for your Wii. It had all of these things oh, wow. in it. It had a, a pro controller and, and whatnot. And I was like, holy crap, I just spent a lot of money on this. And then I start playing the game and I'm like, this is terrible. I hate this. I hate everything about this game. <laughs> I, I can't, I don't know. Like I, I press Nothing this button dies. and he, and he sheathes his weapon. Like I'm attacking these little dudes, but like, I don't understand what's going on. Like I'm just trying to learn Where's this. Where's the health gauge? <laughs> and then the big dude shows up and he kills me. And so, so like Wait, I tried so I have to, to ask. Was it Arzuros that, that punished you or not? Arzuros? Uh, no, I actually I actually think I made it all the way to Lodgy. I mean, not, not the full oh, Lodgy, wow. but like, you know how in Try you get an introduction to Lodgy really soon? They, yeah. put you, they put you on like this quest where you go underwater. Lodgy. I like how you say that, Lodgy. Yeah, L- Lagiacris, right? I, uh, I say uh, Laggy, so. Oh, Laggy, <laughs> okay. So I like that. So you you go you go into this quest where you go underwater and then it's just like an introduction quest where they're like, oh, oh this yeah, is yeah, what's causing one, yeah. all of the problems and whatnot. oh my god, get out of there. <laughs> uh, so it, even that quest, it took me so long to actually complete it because I would be like really slowly inching forward, trying not to aggro him because I was super that's the, scared. That's the souls part of you, like that exactly. the tenacious part. The fact that you could stick all the way to that hunt and still not like it, yeah, that's crazy. So, so like I, for me, it was like Arzaros. Like I just, I couldn't beat him. And I was like, this game is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, I got to that point and then I was like, okay, look, I don't like the way this game moves. I don't like the way this game controls. Like, I don't like anything about this. I quit. So I stopped playing it for a long time. Wow. And then, uh, eventually when the, the PlayStation Vita came out, I bought one. And then at one point they had like a special promotion where you could buy, uh, Freedom Unite, and so my friend was telling me, you should buy Freedom Unite. It's like, it's, it's nine euros. They just buy Freedom Unite. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, fine, dude, whatever. I buy Freedom Unite. And, and here's the really cool thing. The Vita would actually allow you to play with a port with a PSP. So like I yeah. had the, the Freedom Unite on the Vita and you could ad hoc into a PSP and like play together. And my mind was blown. I was like, wow, what the hell? This is amazing. But anyway, then you got the other analog stick as well, which you could use. Yeah, exactly. I, I had the other analog stick. So, so how how did how did try not click for you? But then Freedom Unite because I, like, because again, difference? it was it was the same thing as you. Like I didn't understand what the game was. Like I was playing it uh, like the same way that I would play uh, a Legend of Zelda or like the the biggest game in my background at the time was actually World of Warcraft. So like I was used to challenging stuff because I did a lot of raiding and whatnot. And uh, yeah. like, I, I just like, okay, I want hard challenges. I want things that are hard and I, and I want to enjoy the fights and all of this. But I, I didn't understand what the game was. I was expecting it to just like go in there and kill stuff and advance through levels. And then when you had the zone separation and you had the different yeah, maps, yeah. like it's very confusing for someone to go from the mentality of like, oh, I have this game. This game has this level. I go through this level. I beat the boss at the end. Moss Hunter is completely different. It has nothing to do with that. But what eventually yeah. clicked for me was seeing how my friend was playing and my friend going like, oh yeah, and you can then craft this weapon. And if you, if we kill this monster, we can craft this other thing. And that's mm. when I started understanding it. And then at that point I was like, oh man, I, I want to play like a more updated version of this game. So I wanted to go back to Tribe, but I gave away my Wii U so I couldn't. And then <laughs> eventually uh, I even like, I emulated it on pc like i emulated try on pc but then i was like well but i can't play multiplayer with this one so it kind of sucks uh and then eventually i was just like okay i'm gonna cave in and i will buy a 3ds just to play this game 
And that's when I played For You. And you know what For You was as an entry point yeah. for people, right? And then after, so have you after not, For You, have you it was played just like Three over. Ultimate? Uh, have you yeah. ever played through Three Ultimate? I, actually, actually, I forgot about that. I before I got the 3DS, I got a Wii U. I got a Wii U so that I could play Three ah, Ultimate, nice. and I played Three Ultimate, and I got a friend of mine into Three Ultimate as well, uh, a different friend <laughs> uh, into Three Ultimate, and we both play a ton of Three Ultimate. Uh, and then eventually, I got into Four Ultimate. As a matter of fact, me and my friend we were like, I can't believe that this one's not coming out on the Wii U because we wanted to play it on the big screen, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah, but... Uh, so what, what was your first main weapon that you beat the game with? Like, whether it's one or two, like, what was the weapons? That's the thing. I didn't beat three. I mean, actually, I did beat the... Did I beat I the single it, I player? guess Freedom Unite would be your first Monster Hunter you beat, right? No, I didn't beat it. I didn't beat really? Freedom wow. Unite. I didn't, beat, I didn't beat three Ultimate, I don't think. I'm not entirely sure. Uh, the first one that I beat was four Ultimate. And I think my main weapon in Four Ultimate was actually the Insect Clave because I loved the mounting mechanic. Because that, yeah. I mean, you guys had it on Four, but in the West we didn't <laughs> get Four; we only got Four Ultimate. So uh, you know, I, I just wanted to be able to mount monsters, and that was really good utility when you were playing with a friend. So I was like, I'll just screw everybody. Stop hitting the monster. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just. That must play be really Insect funny Clave. for new players. It's like back in the day when you mounted a monster. You had to tell everybody to stop hitting the darn thing because they would flinch it and knock you off, and it was the worst feeling ever. Oh, I had I had no idea because like I never really played with uh, in lobbies with other hunters. I would just play with friends because one oh, of the so things they knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. One one of the things that always scared me uh, in Monster Hunter was um, be, again this comes back to that what you say of my soul's mentality. I would hate to be carried. Like mm. I'm, I'm the kind of guy that like no, no, no. I would not want to be carried ever, which what, which is why I would only play with my friends because I knew what their progression level was, and I knew that they wouldn't yeah. be like you know overpowering the, the hunter or anything. Yeah. So that that's also one of the reasons why usually whenever there's a new monster, I go out and I hunt it by myself before I go into lobbies because I don't know what the skill levels of people are going to be because there's way better hunters than than me out there and. That's one of the things. Like, I want to make sure that I can kill something before I yeah. go out and do it myself. Well, I have, a, I have a saying that's almost a meme at this point, but I always say that the good monster hunter online is is when four soloists come together. It's like jazz. <laughs> it is. Because every, everybody should be able to play and hunt really well on their own to a certain degree. And then it's just, and when you have everybody at that level, then everyone comes together. Everything is just a plus. There's no... There's no cons to it at all, and it's really great. It it does feel and fantastic, uh, but but I do feel that like in in world when you have uh, four players that are really good, it almost feels like unfair, right? The monster can barely <laughs> 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 you can just trip something into oblivion unless it's one of the more uh, challenging monsters, which is um, yeah. It's always been like that, though. I think. Yeah, again, I don't know if you've seen, but yeah. see, I I wouldn't know because most of the time I only played with friends. World was really the the first time that I really got super hardcore because of the fact that it was a worldwide release, and I was like, oh, I can actually create content mm. on this one because the other ones is like, yeah, sure, I would make content on them, but all of the guides and all that stuff would have been done by people who know Japanese, like yourself, and so I'd be like, what am I gonna do? I'm super late to it. But with World, I was like, dude, I'm coming in and I'm not going to stop because I love this game. And it was friggin' amazing. So I have to ask, because not many people know this, but apparently, because I never played the English versions, 
Apparently, up until Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, they gave Western players a 50 defense boost from default because they <laughs> felt that Western players who are crazy good at the game would not be, it would be too hard for them. So they put that in there. So apparently, when you played 3 Ultimate or Freedom Unite, you had more defense than we would have had here. Than the did you, did you feel that the game got harder when you went to For You or was it... And by that point, I imagine you already knew how to play the game, so you didn't notice a difference. No, I, I didn't notice much of a difference. As a matter of fact, I almost, because of the fact that uh, when I stopped playing 3 Ultimate, uh, I didn't even get the G rank in 3 Ultimate, but uh, the monsters that I, were, that I was fighting in 3 Ultimate, I remember, were kind of like above my league already, like I should have crafted better armor and whatnot. Because yeah. when you're a new player, you don't know like what the stopping points are, right? You don't know, okay, when should I stop and craft armor? When's it a good time? Like, mm. it's not every monster. And like, you know, you're also, th you also don't know exactly which monsters give what skills and what skills do I, at that point, I didn't even know, like, what is artillery? Like I would play Gunlands, I would not have artillery. I don't know what artillery yeah. is. Well, the game doesn't explain it, yeah. Yeah. So it's like I would just try to stack up some stats that would – actually, I don't even know if I was stacking stats or if I would just like build full sets. I think I built full sets. Like I built um, – <laughs> I think I built a full Uragon set, which interestingly enough, I don't. I oh, think wow. it probably wouldn't be that bad for a Gunlance because it's got some block on it and whatnot. But I think that's what I did. I just built an Uragon set. And it's funny because the, the friend of mine that was playing with me was uh, was playing Bo, and he also built an Uragon set. <laughs> So thinking back on that, I'm pretty but sure. But you got an Aragon bow user. Wow. <laughs> so thinking back on that, that was probably not the best idea. <laughs> but that's oh the way gosh. that we were playing because, you know, the skill system was uh, was complicated and whatnot, right? I, oh, I didn't yeah. know what I was doing. So um, and for you didn't feel particularly hard. I, I'm pretty sure I finished for you with Tetsukabra. Like I just nice. did the Tetsukabra set because at the start I was using Charge Blade and then eventually I swapped to Insect Glaive. And Charge Blade was actually pretty mm. decent with Tetsukabra because it had like, had that weird skill auto block. Like it had a skill that would automatically block for you. Do you remember that? I, auto I did not know that. I mean, I know that w there was that skill back in... I, th I think for you had... I want to say auto block was in 3 Ultimate. I know there was, the, it, there it was an skill been. for that. It, it might that, have been, that was a like, bad crush for me. That hurt me actually using that. It helped me like really at the first, but then I ended up not knowing the actual it. timing. Yeah. Yeah. So taking off the training, it's like evasion three. Like oh, once dude. you get used to that, you, you can't go down to evasion one. Evasion it's the training three, wheels are just hurt. So good. I've, I've been playing with, oh. I, 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 when I started playing with that in Monster Hunter World, I was like, dude, this is so good. Like, as a matter of fact, I think my, my SNS set that I've made with Fatalis's armor has evade window five. Like, just to, just to add <laughs> insult to injury, it's got all of the evasion and all the offensive skills and uh, and all of that stuff. It's it's friggin' amazing. Like, yeah. But um, it, it's interesting that they made the game easier in the West. Uh, the, the, the I was not aware of this until you had told me last time. The <laughs> fact that they made the game easier in the West for uh, 3G. Because, uh, you know, now we have these situations uh, in, in World and um, in Masana World Iceborne where, like, when they brought in Alatreon and the game gets review bombed on Steam because people yeah. were frustrated because they couldn't beat Alatreon, right? And I was just yeah. like, what are you doing? Like, this is literally one of the most consumer-friendly games that I have played in, like, the last decade or so. And you guys are review bombing it because you can't beat a monster. 
Like, it's, it's just well, so review bi- well, review bombing is such a stupid thing anyways. It's like, wait a second, you got all the way to Alatria, which means you've enjoyed this game probably more than most games out there will give you. Oh, yeah. And now you're going to say that your overall opinion is now soured because of a monster? <laughs> And and dude, Alatreon, oh. Alatreon to me was such was one of those trials by fire because Alatreon is is one of those monsters that you can't really go with uh, with shelling in the Gunlands. But I was so yeah. stubborn. Like you know how I killed Alatreon. My How'd you kill him? first Alat, my first Alatreon solo kill because I killed because like I got so frustrated that I just got into a group and eventually we killed it in a four man. Like I wasn't yeah. getting carried, but there was a four man the first time that I killed him. And then eventually I was like, I'm going to stay in here because this monster is scaled. Like we knew that he was scaled for one player and I'm going to stay in here. And I think I played the game uh, for about 13 hours before I beat him. And the weapon wow. that I beat him with was slap lance. We're using Cove to Roth's <laughs> slap lance because like I was so familiar with the moveset of the gun lance, right? That it just felt yeah. natural to, you know, I was able to dodge most of his attacks because he, he's got pretty good tells. So if you have experience with a weapon, you're able to dodge most of the stuff just fine. And I, I beat him with the slap lance. And I was like, hell yeah, dude. And that's when I also found out that um, the gun lance actually has a really beast modifier for elemental damage on that fight. Like I could trigger, mm. if I really pushed, I could trigger like three, uh, like, you know, the, the elemental flinches, things that, yeah. that he flinches. I could get three of those. It was insane. Wow. Yeah. So you slapped him around eventually. Oh yeah, I, I eventually <laughs> after slapped being him slapped around. around for thirteen hours. <laughs> but it, but it's one of those things. Like those are exactly the type of fights that I look for. Like it, it, even Extreme Behemoth in World, right? How'd you like Extreme Behemoth? Did you fight um, Extreme this Behemoth? Is, so th- so this will upset people. I don't think I ever hunted it. <laughs> <laughs> I did. I did Behemoth. You did the regular and behemoth. That, and that was weird for me because I don't do MMOs. So the, the whole concept of rage or whatever it was was confusing to me. Enmity. But I played it and I and we beat it and I you know, I had mixed feelings. And I don't think I even tried Extreme Behemoth. And I imagine people are probably going, What the heck, dude? <laughs> like Dude, I th- I think you actually saved yourself a lot of headaches because like Extreme Behemoth was insane. Like, you know those tornadoes that regular Behemoth did? Extreme Behemoth would just yeah. spam that. You would fill Ugh. the whole uh the whole area Sounds with Sounds like a uh, Lunastra level type of monster. Yeah. Yeah. And uh oh, I, I remember because I have a very good friend that that plays with me. And uh, he he likes to play, he, at the time, he liked to play Aerial Insect Glaive, right? And, mm. you know, the most effective Insect Glaive is Ground Glaive and all of that. But he liked to play Aerial and it's whatever. I actually had to tell him, you have to pick another weapon, I'm sorry. Because <laughs> you, we had to organize things in a way where people could see the marking of the tornado and they would have to move away so that we would have <sighs> space to fight. And if you were in the air, you couldn't see the mark. So I was like, uh, you got to pick a different weapon. I'm sorry. So it was yeah, that I'm, level I'm, of monster. I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about my decision not to fight him now. <laughs> yeah, it was that doesn't sound insane. very fun. It was, it was really, really insane. Um, oh. Yeah, the hunts like that with all the tornadoes and everything, It's I'm actually really not good at crowd management, which you are probably good at it because you do Souls games, and I'm getting better at it. But when there's multiple targets, I just... It's so much harder for me. Oh, man. Like, we, we actually had this thing, which we would do on my stream, but, but mostly for World, like not in the older games, because in the older games, monsters don't really interact with each other that much. So whenever you mm. have two of them, it's just a big mess. It's just a big mess. Yeah. 
But in World, because of the fact that they damage each other, I mean, they also, I think they also damage each other in the older games, but to a much less degree. But in World, yeah. they damage each other and flinch each other and have turf wars. So we would never use dung pods. And mm. uh, we would always go for killing instead of actually capturing. That, that was kind of and like remember, a, an unwritten rule. And that, that actually made the game a lot more fun for us because it would always be like weird things happening whenever there were two monsters in play or sometimes oh, yeah. even three monsters all convened into one location. It's just one big chaos. Oh. <laughs> it was so much I mean, fun. I, I remember, you know, you'd paintball both monsters back in the day and then you'd, you'd run out of the area and you just watch as the two little pink dots just go back and forth. And then one leaves and you're like, yes. And then you see the other one follow it and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time, by time they actually split up, one of their paintballs went away and you had no idea where he went. And then you spent all your time looking for the monster. And then you find it, in comes the other one again. And you're just like, you know what? I give up. This is... <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Most of the players that started, this. most of the players that started with World are probably thinking paintballs. What the hell are they talking about? Yes, I know. Well, you got a paintball back, monster. <laughs> back in the day, we had to paint monsters so that we could figure out where they, where they were. Or you also had the um, the airship, and you could like wave to the airship. Yeah, and they would tell but you can only do that once a hunt, though. Yeah, that that was only a one time thing, but it, it was still cool to have that. The good old days, man. Oh, I love it. So I'm curious about one one more thing in regards to the world. What are your thoughts on the clutch claw? Mm. So I never touched the clutch claw all the way through pretty much beating Iceborne. It just, I, it felt weird for me. Like I could never judge the distance right. And I didn't feel too necessary. But I get people's, I get why people are split on it. Like I think it's a cool idea. But I think they did make it a little too integral to the hunt. And I think that it feels like they balance the game slightly around the idea that they expect players to use it. And that I can imagine it, it, at that point, it gets it does feel kind of scripted. You're like, OK, I go on the hunt and the first thing I'm going to do is tenderize this part. I'm going to tenderize this part, go to wall, bang him every time he goes from red to yellow. OK, let's go for the bang. Oh, he's exhausted. Someone clutch on him. And it, it just starts taking over the free feel of the hunt and starts to feel more scripted. And some people like that because it, it gives them rails in which to move on. Right. And it's like, there's a script to go to, but for most people, I think it's like, don't tell me how to hunt it. And I think that annoyed a lot of people. So, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it being only an Iceborne. I think it was an interesting defining characteristic. And I think they had some ideas there that they can explore later, but I don't think I would want to see it back as is, um, just for those reasons alone. I, Things like should be optional, right? Like they shouldn't be, they shouldn't feel like they're you're purposely ignoring something fundamental to the hunt, like sharpening your weapon, right? Like, well, if you don't want to sharpen, well, no, you have to sharpen. Like you're you're doing a heck of a lot less damage. It feels the same to me, and I just would rather not have to worry about that. I, I kind of agree. Like, I remember when Iceborne started, I was super excited about the potential of the Clutch Claw, particularly because at the time I was like in, um, in a sword and shield high. So I was just like, mm. oh man, I'm going to be able to like roll and then do this Clutch Claw <laughs> uppercut. It's going to be so cool. And then when Iceborne came out, I was like, the Clutch Claw uppercut is basically useless. It's terrible. You can basically yeah. just aim the Clutch Claw and shoot it until they eventually, shoot. like much later, they introduced uh, something. Uh, I'm not sure if you know or not, but like if you... 
do the uppercut, the first attack that you do instantly tenderizes if you attack from the, the mm. uppercut. So they made it a little bit more useful, but it still felt, felt very clunky. And it's like, again, at the start of Iceborne, it was really fun to basically jump on a monster's face and bang him against the wall, yeah. or even better, bang him against another monster. That oh, yeah. felt even, even that. way cooler. Particularly if you got like a part break or something, right? If you happen to get a, a part break when you're doing that, like, yeah, broke his head against another monster. It's, it feels good. But then eventually yeah. as you continue to play and you play more and like by the time, um, you know, a couple of months ago, I was just like, yeah, I'm, I'm done with the clutch claw. Like I, it really does feel, it, it's like, I guess I felt less the impact of it because I was playing Gunland. So tenderizing is not really a big mm. deal for me because I'm doing a lot of shelling damage. Uh, but eventually when I started needing to actually tenderize, I was like, yeah, this is, this, this is not great. <laughs> but then well, it's, not, it's not just that it's, it's like knocking over a monster used to be like a moment during yeah. the hunt. Like, Oh my God, he got the mount. Everyone sharpen up, get ready. Like we're going to get the tail. Like it was a thing and it was a special thing. Now it's like knocking over a monster. You do it like a dozen times or two dozen times during the hunt. Yeah. It's no big deal. And I, it feels like the hunters got too powerful because of it. I, I never even thought about it like that. But yeah, back in, in the older games, whenever you knock down a monster, it was like, oh man, this is a big opening. Let's let's Chance. do something. <laughs> Chance to this. Um, and, and, well, and then also like combine that with the mantles and it just became easy mode. Like you can yeah. literally just ride on a Rathalos like a pony at this point. It's like you, you the breath attacks can't hurt you. If it's not a rage, you can swipe it left and right, throw it into walls. You could play around and do whatever the heck you want with it. That feels, I mean, it's enjoyable in like the sandbox type of like, it's God mode. I'm just going to go yeah. around destroying stuff. But I don't know. It just, it, 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 I, I wasn't a huge fan. That, that's how I was saying. Like, it felt like you got to a, to a point where like the power just escalated a little bit out of control. And, and talking about power, do you feel like you had more armor options in the previous Monster Hunter games? Like in terms of like, choices of, of skills that you would want like not just in terms of the quantity of, of armor and weapons because this has been like a contention point that i have with with my community yeah. where for instance right uh in moss on world behemoth comes out you get the uh behemoth armor i think it was the drachen set um and the drachen set comes out and it's basically meta for just about everything <laughs> And it pretty much makes all of the other sets kind of like obsolete. Like you would see uh, yeah. every everyone that would use a set would be either like, I don't remember if it was four-piece Drachen and something else or three-piece or whatever. But it was like, it was Drachen and two pieces of something else that you would want. And I feel like mm. in the other games, like there were much more choices. Now there was also more armor, but there's a little bit more variety in the type of things that you can bring to a hunt, right? Yeah, I think world everything became stacking in attack power and anything else was just optional. Yeah. And it just became kind of like, you know, when you have that many multipliers, it just gets kind of ridiculous. That and, you know, I'm split on this. Like, I, I agree the old armor system was too complicated. Most people didn't get into it. But one of the cool side effects that it had was like an armor piece from a monster mid-game would still be viable late game because it had... You know, it was a combination of that with other pieces, right? Mixing sets was much more interesting back back when. And it's just, I don't know, it's like when you make a set in the older games, you, it always came with skills that you didn't purposely put on there that you didn't want. But what it ended up doing was you got to experience using skills that you normally wouldn't have put on. And then you're like, I like this skill. This is really neat. Like some people have never used fast sharpen, but 
there were so many sets that had a piece that had it that, you know, you just naturally said, oh, why am I sharpening so fast? Oh, this monster has it. And you become a fan of new skills. So, I, yeah, I like the variety more. And then just I don't think they quite nailed it when it came to, like, the set bonuses. Like, you've got, like, set bonuses that become a decoration later on in the game, right? Yeah. So it's like the like the Odogaron set is, like, pointless. Because you get a it polished It looks awesome. Deco. You just get a polished deco, and it's like you've just literally, there's, I mean... It's it's a decoration slot game at that point. How many deco slots does it have? What's its base defense? Yeah, it's trash. Yeah, pretty and much. And it's like most of the armor, you're only using it for the slots. You're not using it for the skills that it has, and I, I didn't like that. Yeah, and, and, and it's like that was that was made to me um, apparent with the Fatalis set, which a lot of people give me crap because I said, look, this set is, is, is just too powerful. And the reason I say yeah. it's too powerful, it's not because I want it to be nerfed or anything like that. It's because I would like there to be other choices of sets that you could use that would compare to the power of that. And yeah. I just feel like, you know, it's always been one of those things where it's like, okay, new monster comes out, here's the best set. New monster comes out, here's another best set again. There was a couple of exceptions, yeah. like maybe Arch-Tempered Namial. I don't, I don't remember it being that great. There was one piece in there that was really good. For me, which was the belt, came with like three evade extender. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> this is fantastic <laughs> for Gunlands. But, uh, you know, the, I, I do like what they did more with the older game, which is kind of like why I'm excited for Rise. Because it seems like uh, they 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 said something to Eric's. I, I seem to remember that this was a while ago. But I remember that Eric's had like an interview or something. And they had told them that it was going to... It was not going to be like the skill system is not going to be like Moss Hunter World, but it was also not going to be like the old one. It was going yeah. to be maybe a little bit of a mixture of both or something like that. Yeah, so I'm ex I'm really excited to find out what they're doing. Yeah, because the, like, you know, we have no idea at this point. <laughs> at this point, everything when it comes to Rise uh, just feels uh, speculation, with the exception of some of the stuff that. <laughs> we've already seen like what has you most excited about rise right now besides the fact that it's on the switch because i know that you've been wanting one for the switch so that you can go to your commute and stuff and you don't have to to worry yeah. about because you don't have that much time to be at home and whatnot so yeah i don't know if you've seen my my like bingo card it was like the wish it's a wish list of stuff i came up with before they even announced that there was going to be a new game i've, I've seen some and of it's, it it's like it's just like clicking every single box for me it's like <laughs> Everything that I've want so far, I got to keep my expectations in check because I'm I'm right at this point. It could be like angels coming down, and I would be like, <laughs> "Well, it was okay." <laughs> like my expectations are through the roof, but I'm I'm so happy and delighted to see all these cute posts by the team, like of all the animals. Yeah, they're doing the focus so on all much. the animals. It's like that's you know that's what the portable team does is they focus on the cats, and now they're doing the dogs and the owls and the endemic life, and it's that cute world building tone that i just adore like the action itself is pretty just straight on but the way that they're presenting it it's like remember like cha-cha and kayamba right like oh my god that, that stuff dude. was goofy as heck right I well that wasn't like, the portable team but like 
I'm 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 I the guy that, that constant that constantly says like why can't they just bring Cha Cha and Kayamba back <laughs> like I like Cha Cha and Kayamba so much more than the felines and everybody's always like no you're wrong and I was like no dude Cha Cha was awesome and he would do his little dance and whatnot and it's like again <laughs> when when I played the game at that time I didn't even know what I was doing right but Cha Cha and Kayamba were so iconic to me like I loved the little dudes they're awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, world and Iceborne have its cuteness, and like the Grimalkins are awesome, but like, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's the way they present it; it feels more goofy and less serious, and oh, I yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm, I, I I like the the goofiness uh, of of the older games as well. Like one one of the things that I really liked, uh, and for you, for instance, was trying to min max the the Palicos and the little mini game that you had with the Palicos, where they would go oh, out yeah. and hunt for you. I I liked that mini game. That mini game was a lot of fun. But I think Rise, I'm just, I'm looking forward to just using the wire bugs and just zipping around the maps and getting really good at doing that. Like it just, the movement seems really fun. The, the wire bugs. They mentioned bugs, that there was going to be. Go, go ahead. No, sorry. I was, I was, um, they did mention like they're going to have not only the expeditions, but they said that there's going to be some quests in which there's no time limit so that you can just have fun in the world. You don't have to worry about time limits and. You can just collect stuff, and so that almost, I think is great. Almost like you do in, in the Guiding Lands, essentially. It's weird because they said in a Japanese interview there's going to be expeditions, but then in another interview they said there's going to be quests specifically that don't have a timer. So it's almost like expeditions don't have objectives, right? You just go in yeah, and free I mean, hunt. You, you just go in and do whatever you want. So it sounds like they're going to have special quests in which there is an objective, but there's not going to be a timer. So I don't know what that's going to be, but I'm looking forward to just... I don't know, making it my playground, you know, getting really good at running around the map and just jumping around like an idiot. It's going to be fun. The the cool thing about the um the, the cool thing about the wire bug is that where is the clutch claw? It attaches you onto the monster and there's a uh, a lot of limitations when it comes to that because, you know, if you're trying to attach the monster, the monster's in rage, you can't do anything. Or if the monster is moving too fast, a lot of times you're trying to attach and you're getting knocked off constantly, it can be very frustrating. The fact that the wire yeah. bug doesn't actually do anything to the monster and it's completely independent, I think it's very interesting. Yeah. I mean, all if you look at it differently, what it really is just doing is it's, it's applying a cooldown to your special moves. That's basically what it's doing. People always see me see it like as an enabler, like with it now I can do this and all that. It's like, no, it just means that I can't spam it anymore. You know, there's like a mechanic behind her. So, and they they've mentioned in interviews that they're balancing the game so that if you don't want to actually use the wire bugs, you don't have to. Like you don't have to interact with it. They're not oh, going to make it that I, integral. I, w I wasn't aware of that, but that is really cool because, yeah. you know, that's one of the main complaints of the clutch claw is that people are like, they feel like they need to use it. And if, yeah. it, if it is more of an optional type of thing, then I think that is uh, way, way cooler. Yeah, so they mentioned that specifically. So I thought that was interesting. And, you know, part of the way of managing that power is the fact that they said there's not going to be any armor skills that will affect wire bugs in any way whatsoever. Yes, I'm, so I'm, I'm very happy about that because I was like, dude, any skill that adds anything to wire bugs is pretty much going to oh, be a mandatory just... thing. <laughs> like everybody's going to exactly, want to have yeah. that. <laughs> but uh, so, I mean, they even said like you don't even have to use the dogs, right? If you don't want to use a Palamute, you could just use a wire bug and jump over a cliff and get to the other side just as fast. So you always have choices, and that's the whole idea is that you have choice. Oh, but I definitely want to have like a, a Palamute and a Palico. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna have one of each so that I can ride around because like it's it's the dream. But right? what will you, you bring online? What will I bring online? If you can only bring one online, which one will you bring? 
I guess it depends. I'm, I'm, I'm on, bringing on a cat. I gotta bring you're, a cat. You're bringing a cat. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I guess it would depend. I'll on be the who, one guy. It would depend on who I'm hunting with. Uh, I feel like because uh, like if, yeah. if I see that we could probably use a palico for some reason, then sure I'd bring a palico. But you know, by default, I think I'd rather bring the Palamute for the speed because I mean, it's kind of like the dream. You have the Jagras Raiders right now, but you don't really have control. <laughs> Not to mention that the, the Jagras Raiders sometimes are annoying because like you want to mount them and then you want to open up the map, but they got to do their little rebel act of like, yeah. rawr, rawr, and only then you get to open up the map. So uh, being able to actually control them and roam around the map, I'm very curious to see what that's going to be like. Yeah, I'm interested to see how, how much mayhem it's going to be with eight different characters attacking a monster at one time. That's right, because even with four players, everyone's going to be able to bring at you, least yeah. one pet. So if you want four hunters and four dogs, it's gonna be, and someone asked it recently in a Japanese interview. They, they asked, so is there going to be like eight characters attacking the monster? And they're like, uh-huh. And they're like, you know, the, <laughs> I, think the, I, th I think the monsters are going to be smart enough to deal with a lot of the stuff. Um, they said that, you know, the the monsters in general will target players more often than the the companions, but they'll still smack them around. Yeah, because there, there's always that thing where the companions, like, sometimes they'll take a pretty heavy hit and they're like, oh, I gotta I gotta go take a, a cat nap or yeah. something like that, right? So I, I think the dogs, it's, it, it's going to be the same thing. They'll probably have to exit the field if they take a little bit too much damage. So I think it will be manageable to be able to control it. Having said that, I do hope that it, it doesn't get to the level that we had in World, where it's like you get four hunters on a monster, you slap <laughs> monster them down, abuse. and it's just like he barely gets to barely gets to do anything. The, the poor creature. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's but there's so much more we don't know about Rise, and I'm excited to to know. Like we don't we haven't really seen the town. We don't know what type of stuff there's going to be. We don't know what type of mini games there might be. We don't. We don't even know what the rampage system is. We don't know what the mounting system is because they said it's going to be different. We don't know the armor system. If, yeah, that's right. They, they haven't are... shown the mounting system at all. At all. Yeah, we haven't seen that, a single mount. They said there's going to be mounting, but they said it's going to be different. It's not the traditional mounting system. Which, of course, because everyone's going to be using wire bugs to do aerial attacks. So it's not going to be that easy, right? <laughs> it makes me wonder whether or not it's going to be... It, I, at first I thought, okay, maybe they'll just make it where you only do aerial mounting damage if you do an aerial attack using a wire bug like a silkbind attack. But they said that you don't have to use these things to play the game. So that would feel too integral. Yeah. And it, that that really doesn't change the system. It just changes how you mount them. So I think what they have is going to be really different. We just don't know what it is. I don't know. I'm, I, I, I can't even speculate. I have no idea how they could change the system. So I mean, if you can't even speculate on it. And, I, mean, I mean, there's just no clues, right? Yeah. Like, usually there's a clue or a hint, but I have nothing to go like on. Because, like, when you when you look at at systems, particularly like uh, you you've played Dragon's Dogma. I mean, they can't do a Dragon's Dogma type system because that's just like that wouldn't make oh, yeah. any sense. Oh yeah, I'll just cling on to the monster now and just like stab it a little <laughs> bit and have like a special. Like, I don't think they're gonna go that route. I don't think that would make a lot of no. sense for something like Monster Hunter. So I'm also very curious because the thing about it is like mounting in general, has become kind of like a static thing, right? You just kind of mount, and then you just do pretty much whatever you want. And unless it's a really tough monster, like I think Alatrion and Fatalis and Shara are some of maybe some of the toughest mounts that you have. Yeah. Unless it's something like that, like the down is always guaranteed when you mount. So 
I'm very curious to see how they're going to interact with it. Hopefully the monster will actually defend itself and try to like knock you off instead of just like slamming into a wall like a dummy. Like it's like it's doing now and we're like so mm. a lot of times you, you get onto a monster's face and it's like, I'm just going to slam into this wall real fast and you'll see. That's... <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's actually AI makes me think that people really need to tailor their expectations about how big the roster is going to be for this game because they're actually going through and changing the AI for all the monsters so that one, you can't spam them. Two, they know if you're in the air, they, they can aim for you now and hit you. Yeah, they have so to be like, able if to they're doing that, Like if they're doing that much reworking, then it's it's going to take time for them to to implement all the monsters. So I actually am not expecting a huge roster. Uh, because I feel that the changes to the environment are big enough that they can't just slap in old monsters like they did with Generations Ultimate, which you could feel in Ultimate. Like some of those monsters were not tuned for that game, and they were just, you know, you just beat on them. Yeah, and and some fights uh, in, in Generations Ultimate were also not super interesting. Like I remember when they initially announced Fatalis for for Iceborne. <laughs> I went and I played against Fatalis in GU, and I was like, "Wow, this this it's fight, so boring. This fight is terrible. <laughs> it's really boring." It's, it's always been like one of the most boring hunts in the game. So I'm so happy they yeah. they made it menacing. They, they completely remade that fight, and they actually made it really great. One of the things I want to ask you, though, like, what is it about Monster Hunter Rise that you're most looking forward to at this point? <sighs> I mean, for starters, it's like due to how much I've played World, because like I have twenty six hundred hours on World right now, oh and, that, and that's just on the PlayStation Four version, right? Because I also played it on the PC. I have like two hundred plus hours on there as well. Uh, so I have a lot of hours in World, and I'm kind of like, you know, some of the systems, like some of the limitations of the Gunlands, for instance, like I said, with uh, the um, the Wormstake Blast. The limit, the, the thing about the clutch claw, I just kind of want to, you know, see something fresh. That's like my, my biggest thing. And then the other thing yeah. is having it on the switch, because I know that this is kind of like contention point with a lot of people in the community, but I wanted to have one on the switch so that I could play it on the go. Right. And mm. the, the good thing about the switch, you can play it on the go. You can play it on the big screen when you're home. So there's really no compromise there. That's that's one of the biggest reasons why I never got too much into the portable ones is because you'd have to look at the 3D, the 3DS screen when you're home in yeah, front you of, didn't the have the TV, of the big screen TV. Right. So uh, I've, I've been wanting to, to see a new one there uh, to kind of just you know, see what they can do in that console, in the portable. And to just go back to a, a bit more of the old school style of Monster Hunter, not full old school, but like to see what they can do now, to see what that portable team is up to. Because at the end of the day, I, I did make a video a while back where I was like, you know, I liked For You more than I liked Generations because I got... I got bored of, of like every time I picked up a new weapon, I'd have to learn, oh God, no, I have, do I want guild style? Do I want valor style? Oh, yeah, the styles, the art. And, and learning all of that stuff. But eventually when I really got into GU, when it came on the Switch and I really got into it, I was like, oh no, I fully understand how this stuff works now and it's fine. And I love, yeah. for instance, I love doing Striker. I love doing Valor. Like those are the styles that I really tend to, to gel well with. And interestingly enough, the one that I've played the most is Alchemy recently. Can you believe that? Wow. I made Alchemy Gunlance. 
Alchemy Gunland. It is so fun. That 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 almost sounds like it deserves a video. Did, it, it <laughs> is. I made I made a video. I made a video on that build. Like it is so much fun what? because you get three arts. You get uh, items that charge up your arts faster because that's my favorite thing. I love doing arts. Right. Unfortunately, yeah. they're not super powerful on the Gunland, so this is not a build that you can go in solo G rank with. They are fun though. But uh, it, it's like if you if you get in the group. Like you're not going to be holding anyone back with the build that I made. Like I grabbed, um, what's his name? Um, the variant of Glavinus. Uh, crap, I forget his name all of a sudden. Hellblade. I got uh, Hellblade, Hellblade Glavinus's yeah. Gunlance, which comes with blast, uh, sharpness. I, I don't remember if it has if it has max level shelling or not. I think it does. So you have all of that, and then basically I put composed which increases your alchemy speed charge as well <laughs> as your arts gauge charge. And then oh, I put perfect. artillery and then I put um, favor, which is when I, whenever I use that, people are like, why, why is it that he dodges twice when he does uh, absolute evasion? Because I have favor. <laughs> so, <laughs> there's so many things that you do with it. And then it's just like you spam skills all the time and you're constantly charging everyone's SP gauge. It's like a whole different tool set. Right? It is. It's amazing, dude. I love it. That sounds really neat. It is. It's, alchemy it's, Gunlands. Alchemy, alchemy Gun. I, I never would have thought it, but like a friend of mine was doing like Alchemy Charge Blade and he was teaching me how to do alchemy. And I was like, oh, I can do that in the Gunlands. And then I started learning the move set. And there's also a move that you can do that like you dodge and then you draw your barrel from a dodge. Yeah, yeah. You draw the alchemy barrel. <laughs> exactly. You just start shaking it up like a bartender. <laughs> it's so Shake cool. it up. I love that. It's fantastic. So yeah, that, that's actually my favorite build that I've ever done in GU. The, the only thing is that you can't really do really hard level content solo with that build. And then you hear yeah. of, uh, of people like you, like going out and there's like, oh yeah, I solo everything with a Palico. And I'm just like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like my last run through of GU was really fun. I did a, a Palico only or a Prowler only run. And I mean, G rank at that point, I think most monsters were gone within 10 to 12 minutes. It was the standard time. Jesus. That is I think so when you, I think I, I think I just got so used to playing them because I've played them for so many hundred hours that I'm so good at judging distance that I could just boomerang and smack them around and not have to worry about getting hit. Yeah, I, n I never got I too remember. good at palicos in in GU. Not not even like min maxing them. Like I, I must have watched your your palico guide video probably like fifty times, and I still don't know how to do the damn thing properly. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're an acquired taste. I think they're they feel, they're slippery. They feel a little weird. But but I but, but I did uh, make I did make some decent ones. Like I made a, a good healer one using some of the stuff that I learned from your video, and then I made uh, a trapper one as well. And so I would have the mm. heals and the traps, and they would help out a lot in the hunt. So I could solo G rank pretty effectively, but not with the build that I like playing. Unfortunately, I would have to go for like the really hard hitting gun lances because unfortunately shelling in GU is terrible. It's so bad. It makes me really sad. <laughs> yeah. But I gotta say, I mean, that's the, the thing I love most about the monster Hunter team is even if they have something good like prowlers or I mean, like it or lump it clutch claw and stuff like that. They're always, the team seems so interested in doing something new every time that they, yeah. that they're not afraid. To, they're not afraid to just say, for, okay, that's what we did. Then we just want to do something. We don't want to make the same game twice. We want to do something new. So they're always willing to experiment and figure out new things. And then, 
you know, some are hit or miss, some are real hits, and they become fundamental changes that the series takes. I just love that mentality. I completely agree. Like, because I actually prefer it that way. Like, I like having a new game to look forward to, as opposed to basically it being kind of like the same game. And then it's like, oh, we're just going to add more monsters. Because because that's actually what people were kind of asking for. They were like, oh, we're going to get the Fireborn expansion. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, you're not. This is not a live, a live, a live service game. Like, forget about your Fireborn dreams. That's not going to happen. Because people are so used to it now, right? They're like, oh, yeah, because we have Destiny 2, and then there's like 50 expansions on that. We yeah. have this other game, there's like 50 more expansions on that, right? And I, th I think that it's, it's better that way when there's a new game and they can just like, you know, try something completely different. Like without having that type of mentality, we would have never gotten Monster Hunter World. They would have kept it going the way that it's been going exactly. forever. Exactly. So I love it. I, I think here's a fun, stupid fact. I would just looked up when you mentioned it, but you said you had like 2,600 hours in Monster Hunter World. Yes. There's a, there's less than 2,600 hours until Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. You've been, there's about, you've been, there's about, there's about 2,500 hours until Rise. You've been, out. you've been so hyped about that game that you're literally <laughs> counting down the hours. That's so amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm an ad, I'm an addict. Oh my gosh. Oh, Just man. wait until we get to like 30 days out. You'll start seeing, I don't know if you've followed my Twitter in the past, past games, but I will. I come up with really stupid facts, like 29 days until this. What The number 29 is actually also, and I, I come up with like fun <laughs> trivia for every single day up until release. Oh, man, that that's gonna, like, I'm, I'm super pumped for, for March. Like, <laughs> I, I can't wait to jump into another, because like, the, jumping into world has really been pretty much unlike anything that I've done before, you know? It's yeah. like, uh, like you've played, everyone's played games before, but the way that I jumped into world and the way that the game just kind of like clicked with me, like it, it never really happened before personally. It's, it was insane. Like, it's just like, it's one of those things where I play a lot of RPGs, right? And you just have that thing where it's like, oh, this whole thing is, is random and whether or not you get your loot is random. Like even now I'm playing World of Warcraft yeah. and it's like you go do a dungeon and whether or not you get one of the pieces that you want, it's completely random. It's completely up to chance. Like you can influence where the item is, but then you also have to be super lucky. And in Monster Hunter, yeah. it feels like, no, I want the fire sword. I'm going to go kill Rathalos and I'm going to get the materials for the fire sword. And I might not get it on this hunt, but I'm probably going to get it on the next one or on the next one. And it's never one of those things. Of, oh, no, it's completely RNG. You're never going to get it. I mean, although yeah. there are well, some I mean, people. what I like is and they're fixing this for world because, you know, uh, they're fixing it for Rise because uh, there was these slap on designs that they also had. But what I love is that you can physically see in the design of the weapon the materials that you had been trying to get. So, like, if they're trying to make you to get, like, the tail of a Glavinus, you're going to see it in the weapon design when you make it. So, it's like, it wasn't just some arbitrary, like, oh, you need to find, you know, item SRR52. It's like, exactly. no, it, it, I feel like the game was actually telling me I needed it because I needed it. And then I'm, it's, it literally becomes the trophy in your hands at that point, you know? Yeah, that, that's one of the things that they kind of failed a little bit in World was when you had those weapons that were bits on sticks, right? Yeah, <laughs> it's, like, it's just a shame because the rest of the other the weapons were designed really nicely, so it just stood out. Like when you see the the chicken drumsticks from Brocky Dios, you're just oh, like, gosh. what? Oh my God. Don't, don't remind me. 
I, I would actually do like these um, reveals for like not reveals, but like reviews for every single weapon. Whenever I would get to a new tier, like I would kill Glavinus, and then in the <laughs> Some stream, tears were shed when you got to Brachydeus. Yeah, because because like what in the in the stream itself, it was always this moment when I would go to the forge and actually see the armor and the weapon. Oh, and when no. I got to the gun lance of Glavinus, I was oh. like, "What the what? hell is this trash?" What? And then I get to Brachydeus. <laughs> what is this trash? It's like the Glavinus one, but it's green instead of red. It's so bad. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> unfortunate decisions were made, but luckily we can move on. They said they they're not going to do that this time, so that's good. Yeah, weapon designs aside, with uh, with all of the new monsters, like was there any of them that kind of like stood out to you in in Iceborne or in Montana World? I mean, besides the obvious ones we talked about, I like Vitalis was just amazing. Like how they transformed it from a boring hunt into yeah, yeah. one of the more exciting hunts ever. That was just fantastic and. But I, as I, was, I was talking. As it was, I love. Yeah. I was talking specifically about the new ones, like you know, the the new, new monsters. Yeah, the the ones that came with World or with Iceborne that were not in the older games. You know, I feel really bad to say this, but oh, I know wow. everyone loves Dodo Gamma. Oh, I don't I'm care not about a huge. That. I'm not a fan of that monster at all. I don't care about loves Dodo it, Gamma. So. <laughs> I've I've donated money just to see like triceps. He was streaming just to make him kill the monster. So instead of capturing Dorogama, you're like, no, no, no. You yeah, I, I said, I will donate if you kill it. And <laughs> and, and his whole and, chat just like turns against oh, like, oh, no, was you hilarious. monster. <laughs> yeah, it was really funny. Like, I, I killed I mean, every the most monster, memorable. Like... I was going to say, the most memorable has to be Basil just because we didn't see it coming. Oh, my Literally. God. Literally <laughs> didn't see it coming. Like, because they didn't talk about the marketing, which I'm really happy about. Because they usually spill the beans on everything. And it just, when you first hear it, you're hunting and you're, and you're like, what the hell was that? <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's like Christmas present from above. Oh, like, I, I, I love it. I have a story with Basil that is, is like, I, I actually recently made a video saying my favorite monster. And it's Seething Basil Goose. It's not the original Basil. It's the seething mm. version because I feel like the the seething fight is a little bit more refined and it's got more explosions. Like one of the main reasons I like Gunland so much because it has explosions. The, the spectacle, yeah. Yeah, I, I like the spectacle, the explosions. So the <laughs> basil goose, it was like I was, uh, I think I was hunting something. I don't, I think it was an Odogron or something in um, Rotten Vale, and I was hunting it, and suddenly a basil goose showed up. I was live streaming this. A basil <laughs> goose shows up. It was, I don't think it was the first time that I had seen it because I had seen it a couple of times. But this one was one of those that was really obnoxious. And I have that rule that I don't <laughs> use dung pods. So it's like every time the doggo moved, out come, came Basil right after him, bam, bam. And then one time I was yeah. like, okay, that's it. You're getting it. And I spent like so many resources because you're at that time I didn't have that many resources like potions and whatnot. And I'm just like, dude, I'm, dude. <laughs> and I spent all those resources and then carded three times and lost the quest. <laughs> but I loved every minute of it. So basil it's is somewhere the, the, the basil is, is chuckling going noob. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like so, so basil is hands down like my favorite monster that we've had in uh, in, in Monster Hunter, particularly in, in Monster Hunter World, particularly the the seeding variant. Like um, like I was saying, and uh, yeah. But another one that that also has a really special place is um, 
God damn it. I see it has a special place now. I almost forget its name. The it's bird, so hard. It's, There's so many monsters in our head that when we try to think about it, it's like you're, you're pulling out. You can't find anything out of your head. Yeah. It's like, um, uh, it's like I, I, I got, I got the name here. It's, it's cool. I think it's Kuliaku, right? The, the little, the little chicken bird Could with the idea, eggs. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> the, his little pet rock that he likes to chuck at your head. Yeah, it's it isn't isn't that just like one of the coolest? Like particularly when if if you chase him down to his lair and he picks up an egg and he starts like pecking at it and then trying to eat the egg to like regen a little bit of health. I just thought it was so friggin' cool, dude. It was. Really, it's it's really fascinating cool. though. We both have the exact same answer. When I try to think back of the most memorable monsters, those are the two that I was gonna say. It's Basil and Kuliaku. Yeah. yeah, because Kudu is just cute. That's a cute monster, and it's it feels alive. Like it does things that are just goofy and just funny. And I just love how empowered he feels when he has a rock in his hand. He's like, "I can take this guy." <laughs> he starts charging you, and like, dude. Like I've I've been legit stunned on a lot of situations where Kulu just kind of like hops into the thing and just like <laughs> stuns you with his rock because that thing has so much. Like uh, uh, whatever impact damage probably that he does oh, yeah. that he's probably running like, around. Why am I with bouncing? Friggin- What's happening? Oh, yeah, he's he's probably running around with like uh, stun stun level three or something. <laughs> KO knockout. What I like the most though is when you hit him and he fumbles and drops it. The animation for that is so cute. Like that. That's he the tries point. so hard not to drop that rock. He's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> And like if, if you if you get him, there's a, a special zone where if you get him, um, where it's like it's in lava zones or something, and he picks up the the rock, and the rock is like um, made out of like on fire, like on fire. And then if he drops it, like he's get he gets his face burnt as well. <laughs> <laughs> he gets his face a little bit singed from from the rock. It, it's so. So funny. that's a monster. I wish they would have did like an extreme arc tempered Kuluyaku. That would have been fun. I mean, they kind of did though. You did that quest probably if you did Behemoth, the one where yeah, he picks up I mean, the the crystal and he just gets like oh, yeah. all big and stuff like. And and then you get the the chocobo music from Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. Like they're really creative with some of these events. They're just so cool. Like like do you remember when you had the event with um with the pigs, like the first New Year's event, where you had oh yeah the one shot moss slimes. The believe it or not, I've, I still have not done that quest yet. Oh my god! I saw it, but I, at that time, I just for some reason I wasn't able to play. So I've never seen it, and it looked hilarious. Like, you you can't even block it. You can't even block it. They'll go through the shield and kill you anyway. <laughs> I remember the first time. Because, like, you just go in there, and you see a couple of pigs, and you're like, well, what's this? And then they just, like, trounce you and kill you in one hit, and you're like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, I, th- I thought that was cool, the the collab with um, with Devil May Cry as well, I thought was really cool, and the, the design that they did for the weapons there. Where the weapon kind oh, of yeah, like extends cool. into the into the actual Devil May Cry weapons, it's so friggin' crazy. What which which of the uh, crossover events did you enjoy the most? Crossover events. Oh, I'm trying to think. Yeah, there's there's just so many of them. They did so freaking many of them. Yeah, just my mind just draws blanks. I mean, it is the morning here, and I need more caffeine, but. <laughs> I mean, I do recall, like, I wasn't, I never did the ancient lesson, which everyone told me. Oh, I, the it's Witcher. Good thing that, Dude, the Witcher is but like But I actually really ones. enjoyed the the first, the collaboration quest. I enjoyed it quite a bit. 
the the Witcher collaboration quest. And that's that's an isekai, I guess you could say. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <right? laughs> pretty. But the thing is, portals are established in Witcher's world, so I think it's kind of yeah. fair. They do have portals, and uh, Geralt does have like a, a thing where he's like, "Oh, I hate portals. I can't stand portals." Yeah. But I, but, uh, yeah, but that, that one I enjoyed. I that enjoyed one was class. very yeah. interesting. The way that they did it, like I don't think they've ever done a collab like that before. Like then again, the, the only other collabs that I've saw was like on. Uh, on GU and whatnot, besides the the world ones, but yeah, the Witcher one was really special. Did you play it because, with? Because I mean, he's he's like a hunter, right? Like he sees stuff and he he comes up with assumptions about what came through where and when and stuff like that. So it felt really there was some shared DNA there. It felt right. Exactly, and because uh, like the whole thing about him is like he understands how the monsters came to be in his world. Because there's like this whole yeah. thing about how monsters appear in in, in the Witcher's world. And so he's not always necessarily against the monsters. He tries to understand them so that he could like solve the problem that keeps them like it attached to the world or whatever. And which is funny yeah. because in order to really complete that quest, you have to like befriend the Puke and then the Puke has to survive. And <laughs> did you do all that or, or did you just do the quest? Uh, I can't remember, to be honest. Did you see the guy? I, just, I remember King? having fond memories, but I don't, I can't, my brain is fuzzy on, on the details of it. Yeah, but I never did the ancient lesson. I heard that that was a very annoying monster in the same way that Extreme Behemoth was. I've uh, never I faced mean, it. I, so mean, I don't the, know. The thing that the thing that people complain about those two fights is that they're scaled for four players. You can't. I see. You didn't have like a single player scaled version of those fights, and that where the that's where kind of where the problem lies. Oh, that reminds me. Um, I don't know if it was yesterday or today, but the single player scaled Safajiva. Safajiva, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've. Have uh, you tried it? Uh, no, because um, I believe that it, that patch came on the sixth at the same time as the the Moss on a Movie collab, and mm. uh, Colt to Roth is going to be active for two weeks, and then oh, Safi so comes wait. around. So I think we have to wait unless they changed it all of a sudden. But like I remember that I checked it when they did the event and. Colve was the one that was active, and they said they were going to be rotating it in two weeks or whatnot. Yeah, is Colve scaled to single player as well already, or no? The uh, the master rank version, yes, it was scaled from the beginning. You could solo it, but yeah. it's a little bit. I want to see you. I want to see you slap Lance Safijiva. I want to. I'm curious how long that'll take. S solo slap Lance Safijiva. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that'll, that'll probably take a while, but uh, the thing about it is I'm not going to get too many rewards for it because I'm probably not going to break <laughs> a lot of things. Because the thing about the Gunlance is that I could crack his chest with shelling, uh, which is one of the harder things to, to crack with other weapons unless he's in the, the final phase or whatever, but I'd be dealing damage to it since the start. Actually, I don't even remember if you could deal damage to it since the start. I would try. But now that I think of it, I think on PC they tested it, and you actually couldn't do that. It's kind of weird. Did you do the? the Roth is another. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Did you do the um, the movie event? I did not. I have not. I've I've been in this weird thing because I bought the new Xbox, and I've been in this like just frenzy of, oh, there's all these games I want to play, and so I'm playing yeah. all these random games, especially because I know that Rise is coming in March, so it's like I've got a window here. So I'm like, I'm starving. I'm trying to play stuff. So I haven't touched World um, since. You're, ju I do you're plan just to go more back hyped for Rise. You're just more hyped for Rise. I understand. Like I'm, <laughs> I'm super pumped for Rise as well. Uh, I did do the event and I was a little bit disappointing, uh, disappointed with uh, some of the aspects of it because like 
you know, they, they really play it up when you're, when you're in the game. They're like, you're getting yeah. the, for starters, there's like a big icon right on the front of the screen telling you about this event. <laughs> I think that's the first time they've done that. There's like a big square. Oh. And then you go in there, and then when you start picking up the quest, they're telling you all about, this is a story quest, this is different, this is special, and, and so on. And don't, forget, <laughs> and don't forget to go watch the movie when you're done. And I was oh like, okay. So because they're building it up so much, I'm like, I mean, they did the Witcher 3 collab, and that was really different yeah. and really special. So I go in there, you know, because they're building me up this much, and then I was like, oh, this is it, huh? Okay. I mean, basically, you was kill it just it. like a cutscene and a quest. No, yeah, there's there's a cutscene and a quest, which uh, basically basically what the cutscene reveals is like besides Isekai, there's also some time travel in the movie apparently, because because they uh, talk about time travel in the cutscenes. Uh, <laughs> so I mean, uh, and and it's it's yeah. like it's super easy. It's like there's a, a it's a black Diablos, but like you hit it two or three times in the face, breaks his horns instantly. So it's like oh wow, <laughs> it's not even it's not even like they didn't go over the top with it. Oh no 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 not at all. And then they do a cutscene for that, and then you kill like the biggest Rathalos you've ever seen. Uh, but the AI is a little bit wonky on that Rathalos because he just kept like doing his his slam. He like could go up, slam, mm. up, slam. Like he did that four times in a row at one point, I think. And he also had like a strange. Rathalos is like, where's the airplanes? I want airplanes to fly. There's <laughs> <laughs> also like a strange thing about the clutch claw where when you clutched, you would like look to you. And I was like, that's kind of weird. <laughs> like, he would look to you, but not really do anything. I was like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and there's a slam can into the wall. Can you scratch so my scale back there while you're up there? <laughs> so, yeah, the, that, that particular event I was, a, I was a little bit disappointed by. Because also the, the voice acting, it was, it was not very good. I, it really felt like the lines were being phoned in yeah. or something. So I, I don't know what they were thinking with that. It was kind of weird. Is that just another one of those cases where it's, you know, actors are not voice actors. It's a different trade. So it's, it's just yeah. like trying to do something that they just don't, are not used to. Yeah, I, I think that would, that was probably what happened there. But um, yeah, we, we have reached that point where kind of like Iceborne is going into its maintenance mode. And we're all just kind of like super hyped up for Rise. I mean, I, I know yeah. I, I can't wait for it. I know that you can't wait for it. Uh, the um, we we've had some some reactions from the community about that. A lot of people are like upset that the game is coming to the Switch, right? Did you get that feeling as well? <laughs> like I I think I've seen some tweets from you where there were some people going like, oh, you know why why can't it come to to all platforms and whatnot? And yeah, I mean, I mean, I guess I'll say that I understand. The frustration, like, of course, like we in a perfect world, I think a monster would be on everything. Right. Yeah. But in the same end, like you have to look at what the Monster Hunter team does, which is they pick a specific hardware and they go all out. Right. They go, OK, this is our target case or who's how they're going to play it. Like, look what they did for World and Iceborne, like the like it or lump it. They, they were able to do something like live service. They were able to do events, rotations, much more multiplayer, 16 person hubs, socializing like it was different. Right. It was and the only reason different. why they, because it was on the consoles, like if they also made the exact same game for the Switch, they're not going to include all those systems because they know that not every player would be interacting with them. And not to mention, that obviously, the Switch couldn't handle the game. Um, it's, I mean, it's just a device that fits in your pocket, for God's sake. You know, it's like, 
I, I think like people say, okay, well, there's no reason why they can't just port a Switch game onto PS5 or Xbox. But then I'm like, but you guys in the same breath are complaining about the graphics, saying it looks like a PS2 game where it's a step back. So it's like, I think Capcom knows if you're going to put a game on a next generation console, it should look next generation, right? Exactly. It should look amazing. So they're not going to make a game, build it and design it and balance it around the idea of portable play and then just lazily port it onto a home console. It won't even feel right. It'll, I think people want it, but they don't actually want it. If you put a portable game on a, a home console, it won't feel the same. And the fact that is the matter is right now they're spending the time to work on probably the next big Monster Hunter, right? Like Monster Hunter 6, whatever. <laughs> like that, That's one of the things that I've no. said. Like I believe that probably from the – I think even from the moment that they finished uh, development on World – like potentially, oh yeah, base even, world. They started work even even before, like they did. Uh, you know, they started doing the the whole support that they've done with all of the free content. And whatnot. even before yeah. that, they were already working on the next thing. Oh, that's, absolutely. That's what I would imagine. Yeah, that's how they always do it. Like they said that even for generations and generations ultimate, they took the core team from generations and they started working on Rise when they started working on Generations Ultimate. So they started on Rise at the same time they started on World. Like those two were started development at the same time. So they've been working on the game for like over four years. So it just, I mean, the way they do it is, like you said, after they finish Base World, take a break, get core members, put them on the next big game, let the other members uh, run both the Operations and Iceborne. And it's great. So you have like sort of sub-teams working on different stuff because... Game production, you don't just start out with like 200 people working on a project. You know, it's it's smaller. It's it's a few programmers, a few artists, and a producer and director. And, you know, they're experimenting and doing stuff. They said that Monster Hunter Rise was originally, their prototypes was on the 3DS because the Switch wasn't even out. Jesus Christ. It's not that they were going to release it on the 3DS, but they just needed hardware to, to test it on. So that's what they had it on. Because the goal from the beginning was, Yozo told them, I want a portable Monster Hunter game. And he told them at the exact same time they started working on World. So they knew that they were going to do two lines of Monster Hunter, right? So to look at one of those and say it shouldn't exist or I'm unhappy that it exists, it's like, what are you talking about? They've got the main console games and they've got the portable games. We got we got everything. Like, what more do you want? Like... Th- canceling a portable game will not give you one more console game like i don't understand the it's, logic it's there. not like you can grab the the team that is working on rise and like okay put all of the team into this game and somehow the game yeah. comes out faster that's, faster that's yeah exactly right it's, what, you what can you throw a million people throw, at it we can't just throw more money and more people at this thing and it won't solve it won't it go faster no yeah. it's not gonna go i call faster. it the, i call it the pizza problem right like yeah. a pizza takes 10 minutes to cook I don't care how if you give me a million dollars, I can't cook a pizza in thirty seconds. I just, I mean, you can't like a legit pizza. Right? Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, you can if you, do if a you lot just want to like, it'll turn out weird. But you know what I mean. Like it's just <laughs> yeah. exactly. It's 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 not what you, you your want. next flashy Monster Hunter is not going to be later because of Rise. You know. Yeah, and um, the thing is, this has always been something that uh, it was. This was something that I've lived for for a long time, which was. Like, I didn't have a 3DS. All I had was, like, uh, I think it was PS3 and the Wii. And, and I was like, 
I want to play the new Monster Hunters, but I have this portable console, and I don't want to play it on the portable yeah. console. That, like, I've lived through all of that, so I know exactly what it's like. After you've had a taste and of Monster Hunter, and then you know that you don't have the platform to play the next one that is coming. It sucks, yeah. Yeah, it, it really and sucks. So like, and I, I don't want to ruffle feathers, but I will say, like, one thing that I think people tend to forget is they're like, well... The communities were finally, you know, merged and everybody on every platform got to play Monster Hunter World. It was multi-platform. The world was right. Um, and now they're going back to single platform. I'm like, look in the perspective of someone who only owns the Switch. Yeah, exactly. Monster Hunter World was not a multi-platform, wonderful peaches and roses. Like, they didn't get to play the game. <laughs> they mean, got the, It sucks. The people who only got Switch, they got the remaster of GU, which... <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is kind of like a remaster because it was a um, double cross on 3DS, but here it only came out on, yeah. on Switch. So they they got the GU, which it was still really good. Like, I still enjoyed it. I, I actually thought I wasn't yeah. going to like it as much as I ended up uh, enjoying it, but I still really enjoyed it. So, you know, uh, it was something to have on the Switch, but obviously we wanted the Switch Monster Hunter. And I, and I had made, and I told people when they were asking me, Ruricon, you know, are we going to have Monster Hunter on Switch? And I was like, oh yeah, 100%. 100%. And then they're like, Moss Hunter World PS4. I was like, oh, oops. <laughs> Maybe I made a mistake. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I look at stuff like Moss Hunter World, and there's things in there to me that say this is designed the way it is because they knew it was a home console game. Exactly. Like this longer play sessions, getting, let's say, even like. Um, there's the what there's the it, sixteen uh, there's the sixteen people raids essentially the sieges yeah, of well, Gulf to Roth and whatnot the siege of Saf. Well, just look at like in investigations, right? Like it's basically the guild quest system for Monster Hunter Four U, which was end game and optional, and they pretty much made it almost essential because there's not that many optional quests in the game. So if you want to hunt certain monsters, you got to get investigations for them. And the reason why you want to do that is because everything's based upon the drops of the decorations, which are RNG and Everything was just built around playing with a lot of people for a long time in front of a TV. Like yeah. They would not design it that way if they thought, okay, we need this to be a 10-minute in-and-out experience. Like you, you have to be able to do like one hunt over lunch offline yeah. you know <laughs> it's 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 a very different experience and you know again i just think it's it's mostly because uh you know people are feeling left out because it's not on their platform and i feel like a lot of people have been there where the game that you want's not on your platform and it's yeah. just frustrating so it's like i can also understand it but uh, yeah i get that for sure I, I i hope that people you know eventually they'll you know they'll be like okay fine, you guys get your rise now, and then eventually, like, two years from now, I would assume, or something like that, one, two years from now, yeah. we get the next one in PlayStation 5, and we're all going to be there playing it as well. Uh, PlayStation 5, Xbox, yeah. Series X, all that. And PC, hopefully this that time also, at the same time. Hopefully this time at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> I also think that there's a lot of new people who join Monster Hunter with World, which I think is awesome. And they don't have the context of how they usually release these games, right? So, yeah. like, they, you know, if you were to judge it off of other bigger studios, Assassin's Creed, Call of Duty, it's like, okay, we're going to get a new game every two years or, or something. It's like, it's not like that. It's it's never been like that. And sure, it'd be great if it was like that, but it's just not. So, I, I don't necessarily I think, some frustration think it would, there. I don't think it necessarily be great if it was like that. Because one of the things that turns me off of Assassin's Creed is precisely because they released so many of them that I was like, I, I can't keep up. Like I tried, but I can't keep up with this game. They just keep releasing more and more and more and more and more. It's like, 
it's more of a quality versus quantity thing. And even though there are yeah. a lot of Monster Hunter games, generally, that, that at least from the ones that I've played, which is like uh, 3U, 4U, Generation. Generations is actually the one that I probably like the least. Generations Ultimate was much better because it had more content, obviously. But Generations yeah. was actually the one that I was like, eh. It was a little bit hard for me to get into it. But uh, yeah, all of them to me were pretty much quality games. Yeah, I just, it sucks. I mean, it's not in every console, but it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. But uh, anyway, I'm probably going to be uh, wrapping up this episode here. We wanted to talk also about Dragon's Dogma, Dark Souls, but we're already like expanding the episode so much <laughs> that it just wouldn't feel right to, to talk about it at this point. Uh, we have planned to do uh, three, maybe more, depending on how things go. Uh, of Third Fleet podcasts uh, with me and Gaijin. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. If you are, make sure to leave a comment. Let us know what you think about it. I'm going to be putting all of Gaijin's links in the description or in a pinned comment. It's going to be right below the video. So you guys make sure to go to his channel, check him out. Subscribe. I mean, what am I saying? You all, you've already been there if you're in my channel, 100%. <laughs> like 100% you've already been there. Uh, is there anything that you would like to plug? No, no plugs. Just I just hope everyone's uh, as healthy and as happy as they can be. And uh, yeah, I can't wait for the next trailer for Monster Hunter Rise. It's supposed to come by the end of the year, so hopefully soon. But I'm just I'm just having fun talking about Monster Hunter and stuff with you. So we're gonna we're gonna have to we're gonna have so much fun breaking these trailers down and analyzing every little bit of thing. Dude, it's gonna be so awesome. But yeah, guys, that is going to be it for this episode of Third Fleet Podcast. Do remember, if you enjoyed the content, subscribe, bell notification, all of that stuff. Hit the like button if you enjoyed it, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Peace out. Happy hunting.